the sheltered ones. We're going to worship God this morning, amen? You want us? Let's all stand up. Or you can sit. Just want to have a prayerful heart this morning. Father, we lift this time up to you this morning, Lord. We give you praise this morning, Jesus. For forever you are faithful, God. Amen? Give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. For He is good, He is above all things. His love endures forever. Sing praise. Sing that verse again. Thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. For He is good. He is above all things. His love endures forever. Sing praise. Sing praise. Sing praise. With a mighty hand. With a mighty hand. And outstretched arm, his love endures forever. For the life that's been reborn, his love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. strong forever God is with us forever from the rising from the rising to the setting sun his love endures forever by the grace the grace of God we will carry on his love endures forever Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, yeah, forever God is faithful, sing it out church, forever God is strong, forever God is with Forever, yes, he is. Forever, forever, God is faithful. Forever, God is strong. Forever, God is with us. Forever, sing praise. We sing praise. Sing praise. Your voices up, sing praise, hallelujah, sing praise, sing that again, sing praise, sing praise, 
You are Lord. God is strong. Forever, God is with us. season 
Sing that out, church. All of my life, all of my life, in every season, you are still God. I have a reason to sing. I have a reason to worship. All of my life, all of my life, in every season, you are still God. I have a reason to sing. I have a reason to worship. I will bring praise. I will bring praise. I will bring praise. No weapon formed against me shall remain. I will rejoice. I will declare God is my victory and he is here. This is my prayer. This is my prayer in the harvest when favor and providence flow. I know I'm filled to be emptied again. The seed I've received, I will Father, we, we thank you, Lord, that you were with us in the deserts, in the different seasons of our lives. You are still God. You believe that this morning, church? I don't know. It doesn't sound like it. Do you believe that this morning, church? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Praise Jesus this morning. You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. In glory, in creation, now revealed in you, our Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name is the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven. Didn't want heaven without us. Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great. My sin was great. Your love was greater. What could separate? What could separate us What a wonderful name. What a wonderful Sing it out, name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is, 
nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a wonderful, what a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. We worship you, God. You are welcome in this place. We give you all the praise, God. We worship you for who you are, Lord. Death could not hold you. Death could not hold you. Fail torn before you. Silence the boast of sin and grave. Heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again. You have no rival, you have no equal, now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. You have no rival. You have no rival. Hallelujah. You have no equal now and forever, God. Yes, you reign, Lord. Yours is the king. Yours kingdom. is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. above all names. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful, what a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. One more time. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the powerful name that you gave to us in Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth, principalities and powers. God, we thank you for that amazing name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And as people are 
watching and worshiping with us at home. You can gather the children around, and we're going to have the kids on moment in just a minute. But, but first, as we continue to worship, uh, you at home, Jesse's got a few announcements. And then uh, and the kids zone moment will happen. And we'll be back for the, the word in just, a, in just a few minutes. So God bless you. Hey everyone at the Journey Church, Jesse Rogers here with your weekly announcements. Just as a reminder, we do have our Kids Zone moment coming up after this, so if you want to gather them around so they can get the message from Miss Julie. And then uh, for our announcements, wanted to let you guys know we have our Wednesday prayer at 4 o'clock every week. We would love for you guys to join us. It's online. You go to zoom.us, click on join a meeting, and then you enter in the ID number, which is 506 395 3216 and we would love for you guys to join us again that's Wednesdays at four o'clock for our weekly prayer in addition to that we have Dave Ogren that's going to be joining us on Father's Day which is June 21st he's going to be bringing the message for us that weekend and we're super excited to hear from him and then we're really excited that we are going to be uh, opening up the church again on May 31st which is Pentecost Sunday and I just wanted to give you guys a couple little things to uh, be aware of for when we do start. Um, we have up to 50 people that are able to be inside. You are inside. way big, miracle work, promise keeping, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are, you are way big, miracle work, promise keeping. having ushers coming down the aisles anymore for tithe. Instead, we have the two tithe boxes in the back of the sanctuary, so you can drop your tithe into the boxes there whenever you have it. And so that's for that. I wanted to encourage us in our tithing and offering with a little verse, and it's from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6-8, through 8, and it says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. 
And so just wanted to encourage us in that, that God loves a cheerful giver and we're excited to give back to what he's already given to us. All right, guys, have a wonderful day. Hey everybody, it's Miss Julie. Why well, I'm excited this week because we are getting ready to have church again and actually be together. And so one of the things we're doing to get ready to be healthy and safe at church, we are putting together bags for everybody who comes. There's gonna be one per family um, who have kids in kids zone. And inside this bag, there will be crayons and pencils and glue stick and you will get a craft project and you'll get your papers and coloring projects and you're going to have your own set every week it'll stay at church and then you're going to get to use it next time when you come back so that's one way we're not going to get germs on everything so we're getting ready to have um, fellowship together again well this week's story is about how jesus got ready as well and he got ready by going back to heaven. Because if you remember the stories that we've been telling, Jesus came to earth, which is what we celebrate at Christmas when he was born. And then he grew up and he died on the cross to forgive us for our sins. And when he rose from the dead, which we celebrated at Easter just a few weeks ago, he actually, he, when he came back alive, he told the people that he saw that he wasn't going to stay on earth. He needed to go back to heaven to get it ready for us. So our coloring page this week shows Jesus going back up to heaven. And the story on the back is from Luke chapter 24 and also Acts chapter 1. And it tells us that Jesus talked to the people who saw him. And he said, tell people all over the world about me. And he promised that the Holy Spirit would come and be a helper for the people who were still here on earth. And then he rose up into the clouds. He went up to heaven um, and they, they couldn't see him anymore. And now Jesus has been in heaven this whole time. And he said, he said, um, he told us that he was going to do this in the Bible. It has these stories. So um, there were angels who came out of heaven after Jesus had gone up and the people are standing there looking amazed and the angels came down and they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? Jesus will come back someday the same way you saw him go up into heaven. So Jesus's friends knew that they had a job to do and that was to go out into the world and to tell everybody what they had seen and heard and learned about God's love and the forgiveness that we can have um, by believing in Jesus and trusting in him. So this is 
a reminder for us to also trust in Jesus, to understand that our sins, the bad things we do, those are forgiven. And we don't have to live with those yucky feelings inside us because we can pray that we would be forgiven. And, and we will be, we are forgiven for, for everything that we do for the rest of our lives and everything that we've ever done. God gives us a second chance. So if you want to have that peace in your heart, that forgiveness that God promises us, and, and you want to live forever in heaven with Jesus um, and God, all you have to do is, is say the words. Just know that um, this little prayer will, will help you, or is, is what you need to do to um, have that, that life for all eternity in the perfect place of heaven. So if you want to pray something like this, um, you can say these words in your heart kind of in your head just like silently or you can say them aloud with me um, and you would just say something like this let's pray Lord Jesus thank you for coming to this earth and for dying to forgive my sins I believe that you have saved me from my sins and I believe that you are the Son of God Thank you for loving me. Thank you for preparing heaven for me. And thank you for being with me every single day of my life. Lord, help me to trust you more and more each day. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you have a wonderful week. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, share that with somebody. Maybe you tell your mom or dad or somebody else from church because they'll want to celebrate with you. That's a very special thing. And I hope that you um, understand how important and wonderful it is. And if you want to, send me a message and tell me because I want to make sure that you are, uh, you are celebrated and that we can rejoice with you in that. Have a wonderful week and we will see you soon. Hey everyone at The Journey Church, Jesse Rogers here with your weekly announcements. Just as a reminder, we do have our Kid Zone moment coming up after this, so if you want to gather them around so they can get the message from Miss Julie. And then uh, for our announcements, wanted to let you guys know we have our Wednesday prayer at 4 o'clock every week. We would love for you guys to join us. It's online. You go to zoom.us, click on join a meeting, and then you enter in the ID number, which is 506 395 3216 and we would love for you guys to join us again that's Wednesdays at four o'clock for our weekly prayer in addition to that we have Dave Ogren that's going to be joining us on Father's Day which is June 21st he's going to be bringing the message for us that weekend and we're super excited to hear from him and then we're really excited that we are going to be uh, opening up the church again on May 31st, which is Pentecost Sunday. And I just wanted to give you guys a couple little things to uh, be aware of for when we do start. Um, we're gonna have up to 50 people that are able to uh, be inside and then 60 people outside underneath the tent and we'll have audio out there for you guys. We're also still gonna have our live stream, so for those of you that are high risk and wanna stay at home, you can still log on and uh, see worship and the message and everything like that as well. 
Also want to encourage you guys, make sure you bring your masks with you. We're going to have sanitizer stations. We're going to continue to do our social distancing and follow those guidelines. In addition, I wanted to let you know we're not going to have any nursery available, but we will have kids zone and they are going to be having uh, special precautions put in place to make sure that they're also social distancing. They're going to have uh, little packets that the kids keep for every single week just to make sure that they're keeping their own stuff. So definitely making sure that we're following the, the guidelines to be sure that we're safe and sanitary. <laughs> also, we're going to uh, not be serving any snacks, so don't come hungry. Make sure you eat before before you come. And then um, we are also going to be in the process of procuring a radio transmitter so that those of you that are high risk can actually come sit in the parking lot, turn on the radio, and you can hear the message from your car. So that's pretty cool. We're really excited about that. Um, and again, we're just super excited to see everybody that um, can make it out for May 31st, Pentecost Sunday. It's our first official weekend back at church. So. Also, just want to go into a time of our tithes and offerings, and I wanted to um, let you know first off that there's a couple different ways that you can do the, your tithing. One is you can go to the journeychurchbigbear.com, and there's ways that you can tithe online. Or we're not going to be having ushers coming down the aisles anymore for tithe. Instead, we have the two tithe boxes in the back of the sanctuary, so you can drop your tithe into the boxes there whenever you have it and so that's for that i wanted to encourage us in our tithing and offering with a little verse and it's from second corinthians chapter 9 verses 6 through 8 and it says remember this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for god loves a cheerful giver and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work and so just wanted to encourage us in that that God loves a cheerful giver and we're excited to give back to what he's already given to us all right guys have a wonderful day start on the outside the outside looking in this is where grace begins we were hungry we were thirsty with nothing left to give for the shape that we were in just when all hope seemed lost Love opened the door for us. He said, come to the table. Come join the sinners who have been redeemed. Take your place beside the Savior. Sit down and be set free. Come to the table.
To the hero and the coward, to the prisoner and the soldier, to the young and to the older, all who hunger over first, all the last and all the first, all the paupers and the princes, all who fail, you've been forgiven, all who dream and all who suffer, all who loved and lost another, all the chained and all the free. All who follow, all who lead, anyone who's been let down, all the lost who have been found, all who've been labeled right or wrong, to everyone who hears this song. Come to the table, come join the sinners, you have been Situated here. I don't see him sit. I'm in the frame. All right, it's all outside. Yell really loud outside if you can hear me. Hey man, we are we are. We're big time now. We got the we got the tent outside. If you're watching online. We are kind of doing a soft opening today, uh, and this is a great turnout. We, we, we really wanted to kind of do a trial run of what it's like to have people so we can see all the things that are freaking me out. And I will have a list of those. And actually, I'm going to ask anyone who really calls this home and uh, is willing to be part of uh, helping things stay after the message. We're not going to do it online. Uh, 
to us in about 10 minutes because we're going to need some help move, going forward. Um, you know, Josh back there at the sound booth thing, he's like an octopus back there. There's so much going on now. Uh, we are live streaming, we're Google. So we need some people who can maybe come early, set up, and uh, extra ushers or things. So after service, please hang out for about five or 10 minutes, and, uh, and then you can go home and uh, go out. Man, this is exciting. It's good to be together, man. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll address some of those, those things later. But um, th there is a row here and a row there. There's no one sitting there. We just move some of those things. Anyone who comes, we've got a few seats over here. Um, I'm going to say this real quick online and here. Uh, you know, everyone, we talked about this last week. Everyone's not in the same boat. We're all in the same ocean. We need to have a lot of extra care for one another. Uh, there are people who, who uh, are just sick of this. Yeah, yeah, right? And, and we're just, we're, we're, we're done, okay? You're just feeling done. Uh, the, the, the roads are, are, are super busy, people are out. Just because we feel like we're done doesn't mean there isn't potential for danger out there, okay? We're gonna respect everyone no matter where they land in the spectrum. Masks, no masks. Um, we're, we're, we're not gonna enforce or force our beliefs on anyone else. So, so because of that, even like when we come, Let's make sure that, that you guys can sit in whatever you consider your group. That means that if you've been having fellowship with them and you want to sit together, that's awesome. But not everyone feels that way. So we want to make sure that there's rooms for other people to sit, and that's why we got the tent calls there. It's also going on that. Um, and uh, so we're going to love one another. In fact, as it gets warm, actually, let's do it right now. Let's crack a, a window over there. We'll also circulate, even in the front room. That way you don't have to sit here. You just circulate some air and keep that going. Today is, uh, it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like this is Memorial Day weekend, tomorrow's Memorial Day. It doesn't feel that way to me. But, um, Memorial Day is an important day for us here in the United States. We take time to remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. I'm going to hold this a little closer. Um, you can turn me down in the house if you want, but I'm going to try to hold it up here for all the people at home because I, they're probably already saying it's quiet. There we go. I like the other one. This one's really hard for me to use. So I'm going to hold it on my chin. Anyways, Memorial Day is, is the day that we remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. They, they gave it all. I had uh, one of my youth from Oakdale was in uh, the, the military, and he learned this, this quote, and he shared it with me. He says, when you join the military, you write a blank check up to payable by death, and you sign it. And I went, wow. Makes me just, just cry thinking of that. The men and women who served this country Zach, who's going to be going in a few months, they sign a blank check that says, I give you up to my life, including my life, to serve this nation. Veterans Day is a day that we honor everyone who served. Today is a day that, that we remember those whose check got cashed. And they died for the freedom of this nation. If that doesn't make you cry, that, that you need to revisit that. 
That's powerful. Many of them did not rush into battle thinking, I'm going to be a hero. Many of them did not set out. Nobody that day set out to die for their nation. Very few. Some of them actually did. They knew that was going to be it. But this is the day we remember their sacrifice. And it's important to do that because this nation, though it is fraught, you know, rock fraught, whatever, with, with perils, with, with things that I am totally not happy about, is still the greatest nation on this earth. Amen. 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 Do not give up hope for this nation because this nation was founded as one nation under God. And we will continue to press and push that, that this nation is one nation under God. He is the sovereign. Everything else falls under him. We are meeting today because we believe that it's imperative for the body of Christ to be able to come to receive prayer and ministry if needed. Memorial Day. I don't have a, a special video. I apologize. I, I usually show one just, just to kind of help us remember. Remembering things is important to all of us. Not just this day. In, um, I remember a number of years ago, I can light it up just a little bit. It was a Memorial Day. And uh, Ed, if you're watching, you'll remember this day uh, really well if you watch this later. It was Memorial Day, and you know we do Veterans Day and Memorial Day, and, and he was the worship leader at the time, and he says, hey, today is Memorial Day, and we want to honor those. So if you, and he began to go into the, what we do on Veterans Day, if you served in the military or something, but he says, so if you die, and then he realized that he was about to have them stand up and we can honor them, and obviously that couldn't happen. Um, so... But we want to remember and honor those. And I, I believe, actually, the city is still doing something for Memorial Day tomorrow. Um, and I didn't know if they could. They didn't know if they could, but they're doing it. The city is, right now, basically in a civil, uh, civil disobedient place as well, as kind of what we're, in a sense, doing. We're going to be safe. We want everyone to feel safe and comfortable. If anyone had any problems this morning, I actually do want to hear about it. Not an anger, please. Because we want to fix things for next week. Because next week, more people will come. And here, this isn't about us. It's only partly about us. This is about the whole staff. It's about everyone. We want people to come and receive the word and be blessed. Back to remembering. So this morning in my message, I really wanted to, to kind of hit, hit this a little bit. Because it is important for us to remember things from the past. Uh, what are some things that we remember? Well, we remember, um, of course, special dates. Uh, we remember birthdays and anniversaries, those things. Um, you know, they, they ring true. Some of you even remember um, your graduation dates or, or different things. We remember, of course, happy moments um, in our life. We, we, uh, we also remember sad moments. Um, they, 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 they stick in our memories, and then we think about them over and over again. We remember people, people who influenced us. Uh, things will happen and we'll remember somebody who has passed away or even if they're still alive because we, they, they come to our mind and we remember them and we think about them. We remember when people hurt us. Sadly, we remember when people hurt us. Uh, we, we need to work through some of those letting that go, but we, we remember the pain caused. Um, let me tell you a little bit about something about memory. Memories are connected to emotions. 
when you have a memory as a little child, it's because something was emotional in that time. What's funny is you might go, I remember one day I was walking down the street and I remember the blue Camaro drive by. You don't remember the blue Camaro. Something happened to you in that moment, caused some emotions to happen, and then that blue Camaro stuck in your head. Emotions, that's, that's scientific. Emo, uh, memories are attached to your emotions. That's why we remember when people hurt us. We remember joyful things. Here's some questions though. Do we remember the miracles of God? Do we remember the things that God has done for us? Do we remember that, that when God did something special in our lives, my prayer is that we would remember those things. And, and if we're afraid that we'll forget them, my encouragement is that you would write them down. Because it's important to remember the things that God has done. In, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, which is our, our text, it's, it's really the whole book, and, and, in, and in the 12, so we're not going to read the whole thing, but this is called, what many call it, the, the Hall of Faith. Now, not a Hall of Fame, the Hall of Faith, where those who live for God are being remembered here in Hebrews for their faith. And I love, uh, well, we'll get to 12 in a minute. It starts out, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by faith, the elders obtain a good testimony. And then it goes on, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That takes faith. Not as much faith as is, uh, uh, evolution and, and, and something out of nothing. That actually takes more faith than the faith that we have that, that, that the worlds were framed by the word of God, by the spoken word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And then it begins to go on. So by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Five, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he didn't see death. Six says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he, he who comes to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Seven, by faith Noah. Eight, by faith Abraham obeyed. And he talks about Abraham for a while. By eleven, it says, by faith Sarah herself received strength and conceived seed. She bore a child. All these by faith. And it goes through account after account of the hall of faith. Remembering the things that happened in the Old Testament, reminding us to remember them, to say it's by faith that we live, reminding us that God has never left us, reminding us that God works through our faith. I need one more arm. We remember the, the past. We remember the things that God has done to remind us at times not to give up. We're called to, to be faithful and to not give up. Some things, as we think back, remind us to care for and love others well as we go through that idea of remembering things. The Hall of Faith is 
reminding us, showing us of how we should live for God. There's things we think about and remember that, that cause us to be more grateful, amen? We remember, remember things. In fact, the fact that we remember we, 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 we have a home, we have a job, or we might not have a job, but we have income coming, we ate a meal last night. It, it causes us to be grateful, to not take things for granted. So in this hall of faith, we're beginning to remember the things that God has done so that it can encourage us in our walk and give us a hope for the future. As we read Hebrews 11 and 12, it gives us encouragement and hope that God uses ordinary people. Because I, I'm reading through the Bible, I'm going through twice this year, so I'm really, really reading it and, and, and enjoying it again. And, and I just tell you, I keep coming up to a whole bunch of lops, a whole bunch of failures, a whole bunch of people who are just like, are you serious? Have you read the, the, the judges? I mean, some of the judges, they didn't have it all together. David didn't have it all together. The men of faith didn't always have it all together. And I just keep reading it and finding out, man, these guys were a bunch of crazies and they were unfaithful at, at a lot of points in their life. And I realized that's me. And that's you. I heard one time of a former Christian uh, it was the son of a, a pastor who helped out with children's ministry. He converted to Islam. And one of the reasons he converted to Islam, he says, because the Christian Bible is full of, of people who, who were failures. And God would, wouldn't use that. I'm like, that's the reason I like the Bible. Because when I measure myself, I go, I, I, I'm like them. I'm not perfect. I have an imperfect faith. I, I fail at times, and I need I need God all the time to be my sufficiency. You know, the Bible says that he perfected me, and I'm perfect in him, and thank God, because I'm definitely not perfect outside of him. By the way, Don, you're looking perfect today. See? He's perfect today, because God is his perfection, not because of how good he is. And no matter how bad he is, that doesn't change God's perfection in now that is good news. As I read the list um, of some of the honorable mentions, they just go, my goodness, they made it to the Hall of Faith. <laughs> Did Abel have faith to offer a better sacrifice than Cain? Well, the Bible says so. And some of these I'm like, wait a second, Sarah laughed about having a kid. Did she have faith to receive it? Some of these mentions, you know that old, that old thing, so things that make you go, hmm. Sometimes I read the Bible and I go, hmm. And so I gotta read a little bit more and I gotta understand it. That's why we can't just, just read it once and just, because sometimes it goes, that doesn't make sense to me. So we read it and we read it. And, and what I realized is that, it's, that it was God seeing faith inside even if we can't see it. That is God seeing something beyond the natural, beyond what we might see in someone, and saying, I see faith. And I'm so grateful because he sees me when I fail. But he sees me when in my weakness, I'm still trying to seek him. And I really want to please him. 
He sees me when I'm afraid, yet I'm trying to be strong in him. He sees you. He sees you in your hurt, in your fear, in your sin, or in your lack of faith. But he sees you and he knows your faith. He knows your hope, your desires to serve him and to make him known in your life. He sees through everything. Now that's good news, but it's also scary news. Because you can fool me, and you can fool your neighbor or your parents or your empl employer, but you can never fool God. So you could come week after week and put on a great show of being at church and fool all the people around you, but God knows your true heart, both for the good and for the bad. As I said earlier, one of the interesting parts of Memorial Day is that, that probably very few of the men and women who we remember today, their sacrifices, those who died in active service, were thinking, well, someday somebody's going to remember me for this thing. That's just, I don't think that's the way it goes down. I don't think they go, man, my bravery's going to shine through and they're going to make a movie about me. Now, there's always the exception to the rule, okay? So I'm sure there was somebody who did that, but I don't think the average person did. In fact, more likely, and I know we have people who served in the military here this morning, more likely the average service member was, dare I say it, afraid. Now, we see the movies and sometimes it makes them look like they're, they're fearless, but I don't think that's true. I think they were afraid because they're human. And human beings tend to have fear. We were afraid. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your service, Tom. They had reservations about what they were doing. But the difference is they overcame them, and they acted in spite of the fear. Franklin Roosevelt said this, Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something else is more important than fear. Roosevelt brought us through World War II. Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something else is more important than fear. And that's why the firefighter runs into the building. That's why the military does what they do, not because they're not afraid, but because they assess that what they're doing is greater than the fear that they have. But that fear is actually part of bravery because if there is no fear, there's really no bravery. If there's no fear, there really is no heroism. And, and, and I was thinking about that and I, and I went, wow, I think that that's true because if you, we have robots now, robots that can go in and, and, and pull people out and do things in a burning building, even in a firefight. We'll see more and more things like that in the battlefield, robots. They're not brave, they're programmed. But they can melt, and they can get blown up, and they can get shot. They're not brave. It's part of their programming. We have fear that we have to overcome. That's bravery. So we have to, as Christians, begin to change this. And, and, and we honor those. And I, I honor those who fought for this country and who died. <clears throat> But I was thinking that we have to do the same thing as believers in Christ. We need bravery. 
We need courage. In the Bible, we see a lot, do not fear. Do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. And then it gives us encouraging words of how to overcome those fears or why we cannot have the fear. But really, I think what it's saying, and there's a word, uh, one of the words for fear that, that really spoke to me on this, is that we're going to have fear, but we're going to overcome our fear. We're not going to be, uh, we're not going to bow down to our fear. In fact, one of the words for fear in the Hebrew is kafat. I think I said that right. And it means to be dismayed or full of fear, but it also means to be prostrate. In other words, you're so afraid that you fall down or you kneel down and you give up. That's the fear that it's saying don't have. Don't kneel down to the thing that is causing you fear. Instead, stand up in the face of fear do even as Roosevelt said, and assess the situation. Say, what I'm doing is more important than the fear that's coming on, and what I'm doing and who I'm doing it with is greater than the fear that's coming against me. Is that good? I think it's good. Because it needs to stir us up. <coughs> there is a battle to be fought here. There's a race to be run. There's a mission to accomplish for us as Christians. And I'll tell you, it's not coming here on Sunday morning. Though recently, that's felt like the mission. That's felt like the mission to me. We gotta get us back together. We gotta open the building. And, I, and I've gotten lost in that. That's not the mission. That's just part of it. The Bible says don't forsake us coming together because this is where we're gonna get strong. We're gonna get taught. But, but Christianity, our, our walk happens outside. There's a mission still to accomplish. And throughout the scriptures, we see that God is bringing us through this earth and that this earth isn't our home. So let's not be too comfortable here. We've been shaken up over this last eight, ten weeks. And we're wondering what the future looks like. Some people have lost a lot of income and there was no unemployment for them. Other people are making more on unemployment than they did working, and they're sitting at home playing video games. I'd say if that's you, get up and go do something. There's people watching at home. God promised Abraham and each of his descendants that he would bring them to the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And, and, he, and, he, and he did that, and he accomplished that through Moses, God would finally give his people rest in this new land and Israel becomes a picture of it but not fully realized. The land of Israel, the promised land is a picture of what's coming but it's never fully realized because the true promised land isn't here. It's, it was never going to be realized fully here. It was a picture of heaven. We don't get to the promised land until we leave this place. And the spies that have gone before have declared it's a good place. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. And the grapes are really big. And that's our future. That's our home. Heaven is the place that God dwells. But eventually, 
See, whenever, you, and I won't go on with this very far, but when you see, when you hear the Bible talking about heaven, really what heaven is in the Bible is wherever God is, is heaven. And the reason I say that is because the things change, even in eternity. Because right now, we, nobody is in the final resting place. Those who've died aren't in the final spot. They're with God in, in heaven. Whatever that looks like and means today. But the final eventuality for all of us, this is the scriptures. You, I'm not making this up. And it's not some strange doctrine. The final resting place is the new earth. When he creates a new heaven and a new earth. And that the new Jerusalem dwells with people and God dwells with the people. We can go in and out of Jerusalem on the new earth. That's the final, final resting place. Interesting. Heaven will eventually be earth. But this earth will never be heaven. Okay? This earth will never be heaven. But the final place for all of us is going to be the new earth. And, and I think it's going to be awesome because... Imagine this earth with no sin, no corruption, no pollution. Think of the most beautiful places you've ever seen in nature, untouched by man, and that's the new earth. And I just, I, I, I preached about this a few years ago, it's about time to do it again. That's where we're going. This place is not our home. So what are we afraid of? Though my flesh be destroyed, as Job said, yet with my eyes also go. Not, not, you can't, Paul said it, it's better for me to be apart from this body and go to be with Jesus, but for your sake I'm going to stick around. And I tell you, there's been times I've felt the same way. I'm like, man, it would be far better for me to just go home and be with Jesus. But God wants me to hang out with you guys for a little bit longer, apparently. In that new earth, in heaven, he wipes away every tear. There is no more death. God's presence is the light for everyone. And it's glorious. But we're not there yet. And the Bible has a concept about us here that we're just passing through. We're just passing through this earth and it teaches us the concept that we're pilgrims. The word doesn't appear, but it says we're, we're just strangers here. We're just aliens. We don't belong here. This world is not our home. Uh, there's that, the, that science is not of this world. Petra had that great song. We're strangers. We're aliens. We're not of this world. And there's something waiting for us that far outshines this place. But here, we're referred to as ambassadors. You're an ambassador. This is a pretty cool position. It'd be fun to be an ambassador somewhere. You're also called a servant. You're called salt. You're called light. You're called a soldier. And all of these things have something in common. They all have tasks. Every one of those things has a task, has a purpose in life. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. He has a purpose. And Jeremiah 29.11 says he has a plan for you. And that plan is not just to make a, big, a bigger home and a bigger kingdom here on this earth. He has a purpose and a plan for us. The Bible teaches us that there's a captain to be obeyed. 
In Joshua, it says that the captain of the Lord of hosts appeared, but through that encounter, you can see that that was a, Christ a Christophany, a Christophany, where it was Jesus Christ coming to see Joshua, and he was known as the captain of the host. There's a captain to be obeyed, but there's a father who loves you. We've got to keep these things in mind. It's not just about obeying somebody. We are obeying because the Father who loves us, Jehovah Yahweh, who will never leave you or forsake you, Deuteronomy 31 and Hebrews 13 says, he will never lead us. The scriptures teach us that the Spirit of God himself dwells in me. It, it, that is powerful. God is not just far off. As a believer, the Spirit of God dwells inside of us. You have never, as a believer, been apart from God. His Spirit has always been. Next week, is Pentecost Sunday, we're going to talk not just about the Spirit of God indwelling us, but the Spirit of God coming upon us in power and the gifts he's, that He's given us. We're going to get into that just a little bit today and then look forward to next week talking about the power of God living inside of us and being upon us also. So the captain, to be obeyed, listen, the captain doesn't send out his troops to battle without a plan. The captain will never send out troops without a plan and without giving them the supplies, the weaponry, and the ammo. He doesn't just say, go get them, boys. He gives them a plan. And he equips them for what they need. And as I was thinking about the military, I made some, some correlations. So just go there with me because we are called soldiers. And, and Jesus is the captain of the host. And so let's go there for a moment. When, when, in, in the military, in any military objective, there's an objective to, to accomplish. There's, there, there's the purpose that's happening. And the objective here on this planet is found, I believe, in Mark 12.30. Mark 12.30 gives the whole reason. And it says this, The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which were lost, was lost. I'm sorry, that's in Mark 12.30. We're loving the Lord your God. That's the second part. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Why? Well, we're called in Mark 12 to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. The objective of Jesus, his whole purpose to come, was to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, you're here this morning probably because you're a Christian. And, and maybe not everyone is. Maybe you're came and you're like, i got to check this thing out because life has gotten crazy recently. And I, I don't really know what it's about and I need to find out. And I'm glad you're here. But, but for those who, who came and you're a Christian here, that means you're, you, you want to be Christ-like, that you want to live for Jesus. Well, if Jesus' whole purpose was to come... To seek and to save that which was lost. How are you doing helping him do that? And we'll let that sink for a minute because I think often we can say, I'm not doing a very good job helping Jesus accomplish the whole reason he came. I've gotten caught up in living my life. I've got caught up in just fighting the battle. I never even get time to help him seek and save that which was lost. And we're supposed to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. For every objective, there becomes a, a, a military operation. We, we've become familiar with these. We've had them over time, but now they, they have all these fun names that they'll come up with, like uh, Operation Enduring Freedom. Doesn't that sound great? 
enduring freedom. There's an operation. Well, there's an operation for us to be part of it. And I, truth, I was really trying to come up with a catchy name, and I just didn't. So maybe we can do that together. What's the operation that he's got for us? Because we're in the Lord's army. And he has an operation for us. I know, I, I, I'm really thinking, whoa, what is that? Well, it goes along with seeking and save that which is lost. Within a military operation, which is the whole thing, then there's a mission. And the mission is given out. Different missions are given out to different uh, platoons of people. And the, the people will be called troops. So a troop is just one, one person, and the, there's many troops in a platoon. And they each have a mission. And we have a mission. Now, our, our general overall mission is found in Mark 16, 15, to go into all the world and preach the gospel of all creation. That's actually the mission. Now, there's going to be a lot of things along the way that we also have to do, but that is the mission, is to preach the gospel to all creation. It's also found in Matthew 28, where it says, Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing and teaching. So we're to... Preach the gospel, make disciples, baptize, and teach. So that's a mission. And here's where it gets exciting for me. We're going to talk more about this next week. That each troop, when, you, when you're in the military, you get trained. You get what's called, in the army, you call what's called an MOS, a military occupation, occupational specialty. It's what you're trained to do. Now, everybody that goes into the army gets trained on how to shoot and how to throw a grenade and how to do basic things, how to run and do a lot of push-ups. Okay, they all get trained in that. But after boot camp, they go to a specialized training school, and I believe all the, the branches have this, where they learn their specialized training to do their specific job because not everybody has the same job in the military. Well, there's some, there's some people who might be a sharpshooter, a sniper. There, there's combat medics. There's also maintenance workers. And there's people who fix helicopters. And there's clerks. There's newspaper reporters. And there's cooks. And the list goes on and on and on. I believe, there could be more, I believe there's 150 specialized jobs in the Army. Verify that. It's about 150. That's a lot of jobs. What's, here's what's cool about that. If we're in the Lord's army, boy, I said that like the song. <laughs> you were shaking your head. You caught that, didn't you, Julie? I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Wow. We're in the Lord's army. Each of you has a general mission to be part of, but you also have an individualized special skill gift to serve God with. That gets excited. Scriptures teach us 1 Corinthians 12, if you're taking notes, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, all talk about the gifts and the offices of God so that we can accomplish his mission in this operation that we're part of. We need to begin to discover our gifts, 
our skills, our abilities, and then we need to get more training in those things so that we can be effective parts of our platoon in order to accomplish our mission and reach the objective. And God's going to do that in and through us. As I was going, I thought of a couple other things I'll, I'll hit real quick. In this battle, in this war that we are in, and, and the war has already been won, there's what's called rules of engagement. The military has rules of engagement, and actually every time they send a, a platoon onto a mission, they'll tell them the specific rules of engagement for that. And it's, it, they'll, they'll cover things like, how do you treat a prisoners? What do you do with prisoners? How, how do you treat uh, mobs of, of uh, non-military people that you might come against? All these things are under the rules of engagement. It's really important to understand what are the rules of engagement. If you've ever watched uh, fighter pilot movies like Top Gun and things like that, they'll at the beginning of this exercise, they'll say, here's the rules of engagement. The ceiling is 40,000 feet. You know, the, the floor is, is 1,500 feet. And they have to stay within the rules of engagement. Have you ever those movies? Some of you? No, you're lost. But, but that's the rule. So what are our rules of engagement? Well, I, I would say they're summed up in John 13, 34. A new command I give you, love one another. Our first and biggest rule of engagement in this war that we're part of is we need to have love over everything because even in the gift chapter that I just talked about, 1 Corinthians 12 goes right into 1 Corinthians 13. You guys know what 1 Corinthians 13 is? Love chapter. He says, it doesn't matter if you have all the spiritual gifts. If you don't have love, you're nothing. So we need to be engaged. First, we need to put on love. In, in, my, in my looking up some of these things, I actually found that there's, there's seven core values of the, of the army, and, and, I, and I like, I'm just going to share them because I think that we need to have these for us. Let me keep going. Anyone know these by any chance? Seven core values of the U.S. Army. You want to go and write these down? This is a message again. They are loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. And I read those and I'm like, that needs to be ours. That's the way we should live for Jesus. Loyal. Loyal to him no matter what the cost. And I tell you, there's going to be times that you're going to be tempted to not be loyal to him because the stakes will get high. We'll see times in our future in this nation, I believe, that you will be called on to lose your job, lose your freedom, lose friends, definitely, because your loyalty will be taken into question and you'll need to stay loyal to him. You have a duty because of Christ who loved you first to love him back. I think we should be people of respect. Respect of God, but respect of all people. Selfless service. Honor, integrity, and personal courage. So those are some of the rules of engagement. Let's get back to, to love and some of these other things. Just got scared. Last, last page. 
We need to love. And read, go into 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to talk about what that love is. Patient, kind, it's never jealous or envious. It's not boastful or proud. It's not selfish. It's not haughty. It's not rude. Love does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It's not touchy. It does not hold grudges. It hardly notices when others do it wrong. It's never glad about injustice. Love rejoices when the truth wins out. When you love someone, you're loyal to them no matter what the cost. You always believe in them. You always expect the best of them. You always stand your ground in defending them. And of the three, faith, hope, and love, the greatest is love. And that love never fails. Now, there's a couple things you need to do. One, you need to put God into that because God is love. So God never fails at the end. But God is patient and kind. He's not jealous, he's not envious, he's not boastful, he's not proud. Put God into that and understand that God is also those things. But then also put you in there and say, God wants me to love and I need to be these things to other people as well. That's our rules of engagement, church. To be part of the mission of God to reach the lost, to, to, to make disciples, and disciples are our dedicated, disciplined learners, we all need to be part of We need to find our gifts and we need to begin to use them and begin to, to expand the kingdom of God. Micah 6, 8 gives us another picture of the, what we're supposed to do. It says, I have shown thee, O man, what is good, what the Lord requires of you. To walk justly, to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. Do justly. Love mercy. And be humble. As, as we understand that God has a place and a plan for all of our lives, we need to get involved with it and begin to shake off the things that are leading us astray. Going on from the race of faith in Hebrews chapter 12, starting verse 1, it says, Therefore we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us do you know your race are you running your race are you taking the weights and taking them off getting them out of the way including the sins that so easily entangle us and what do we do we look at it, verse 2 says we look to jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Most of us have heard that. Most of us, many of us have memorized that scripture. I want to break it down just quickly. And it says, looking unto Jesus, and then it talks about Jesus. When you look to someone, what are you doing? You're looking to them for the example. Right? All of you have an example you've looked to over time in your life. Well, if Jesus is the example, this is what he wants us to see. That he had joy before him, and because of that joy, he endured the cross. The joy was you, and the joy was me coming to faith. Because of you, because of me, he endured the cross, and that was painful, agonizing, and shameful. It says that he despised the shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He did that, and that should be our example too. If that's our example, then we need to be like him. We, we need to be willing to suffer for others and for him. Because of what's coming. The kingdom of God. 
is now, but it's still coming in the form of heaven. starting in verse 1, you therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and I want you to just as, as I'm reading this begin to, to, to just hear it and then make it a prayer that you would be strong turn this inward right now and say this is my commitment and I need God, I need you to help me be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, God help me to be strong the things that you've heard from me among other many witnesses, commit these to faithful men. We'll be able to teach others also. God, I've heard a lot. I've been sitting in church a long time. God, help me to be one who can teach it to others, who can also impart that to faithful men. Don't let it stop with me, God. I want it to keep going. I need to learn more, but as I'm learning more, I want to give that learning up. So you, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That's a tough one. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. We don't get to be Frank Sinatra. We don't get to be Christianity our way. We have to do it his way. We have to be in this mission, in this battle, according to the rules of engagement. We have to understand and follow the rules that he has set forth for us. The hardworking farmer must first be the one who partakes of the crops. Consider what I say. May the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ, the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel for which I suffer troubles and evil do. I believe that time will come upon us that we will suffer and people will say that we're evil and they already have. Even to the point of chains, but the word of God is not chained. If we get sent back to our house, if they come in here and they tell us all oh, we have to go home, the gospel is never, ever changed. They can take the building away. We're the church. We're the church. If you're home, if you're a chair, we're the church. And we need to be the church and understand that we cannot let the gospel be chained. Therefore, I endure all things. Make that the prayer of God. Help me. Because I want to endure all things for the sake of the elect that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. For this is a faithful saying. Church, if we died with him, we shall also live with him. 
If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, though, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. Powerful scriptures. We pray that we'll receive them in the power of the Holy Spirit and let them come to life. Shake us up from our dreariness. Shake us up from our sleepiness. Shake us up from our apathy and serve him. Laying aside every weight, every sin, and get busy about the Father's work. For there is a lost and dying world out there that needs Jesus. There's a lot of things we offer them, but more than anything, they need Jesus and the hope that's found in him. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the hope that's found in you. We thank you that you've given us the examples of men of faith from the past who, who you lifted up in, in Hebrews 11 to say these were men of faith and we see that they, were, they had failings, but God, you saw them through each part. God, in each part, each one played a part in the grand scheme and, and you had a plan for each of them. God, help us to be men and women of faith who will also stand up and be used by you. God, we're all, we're all failures in so many ways, God, but you are perfect, and you live in us, which makes us perfect in you, holy and righteous, and we need you inside of us. We cannot do this apart from you. But God, I pray that you would give us a passion, even as we remember those in the natural who fought and died for this country. We remember those who lived as believers and gave us an example. God, help us to, to shake off the things that hold us back and to begin to live boldly our faith to our families, to our friends, and to a lost and dying generation. God, I pray that even through this message that begin to spur us on to find out what our gifts are and how we can serve one another and serve the body of Christ and to serve you, helping to accomplish this mission of reaching the lost. God, we thank you that we have the Spirit of God living inside us. And that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. That you never leave us or forsake us. God, we are humbled in that understanding and knowledge. And we're grateful for the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And we commit ourselves afresh to you. In Jesus' name. Hey, for those of you watching at home, God bless you. Don't forget prayer on Wednesday, men's group on Thursday. You can zoom in or, or, or meet in person. We're doing both. And then keep encouraging one another. God bless you. All right, just for us, those who want to leave, ask him just to stick around for a few.